Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I'm just extremely thankful for the opportunity that I have today to study the Bible with you. Today we're going to be in Psalm 91 as we come to episode 14 of Weathering the Storm on season 4 of this podcast on the Scattered Abroad Network. If you haven't already, I want to encourage you to go and check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, our YouTube channel. Email us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com, and we certainly appreciate your support. And I thank you so much for listening to all the podcasts on the network, but personally, I thank you for listening to Weathering the Storm. And I hope that this is a podcast that has helped you and that will help you to get through some difficult trials that you may be facing in your life by looking to God, who can and will get you through it. As I mentioned, we're going to be in Psalm 91 today, and I'm excited for this study. This is one of my favorite psalms. It's a beautiful, beautiful text, and I want to begin simply by reading it. It's 16 verses. It might be a little bit lengthy, but I want to begin by reading it, give you some thoughts, some background material, and then we'll work through this text together. Psalm 91, Safety of Abiding in the Presence of God. I'll be reading it from the New King James Version. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him, and show him my salvation. Again, that is Psalm 91. Roy Deaver entitled this, Blessed Assurance. Michael Gifford said, This is comfort in knowing that nothing can really harm us. Burton Kaufman entitled it, The Security of Him Who Trusts in God. Brother Waycaster, Those Who Put Their Trust in Jehovah. Brother Waycaster had a a very interesting side note here. I want to share it with you. And I believe it fits really, really well. It's really awesome to, to kind of read this and think about it. He said, Jewish tradition says that when the author's name is not mentioned, we may assign the psalm to the last name writer. And if so, this is another psalm of Moses. One interesting suggestion is that Moses wrote both Psalms 90 and 91 and that both are an exposition of Deuteronomy 33:27 The eternal God is your refuge Deuteronomy 33:27 and the theme for Psalm 90 
when Moses contrasts the eternal nature of God with the frail nature of man, from everlasting to everlasting you are God. Underneath are the everlasting arms, Deuteronomy 33.27, thus the theme of this psalm, trusting in the presence of God and leaning on his arms. So again, that's very interesting and, and really an amazing thought there that Deuteronomy 33.27 can be seen in both Psalm 90 and Psalm 91, 91, and that while the Holy Spirit, of course, is the author of all of these, that Moses would have been the inspired penman. And so keep those thoughts in mind as we work through this text together, thinking about dwelling in the abiding presence of God, finding safety in Him in the midst of the storm. First, notice with me the presence of God, verses 1 and 2. The secret place here refers to the presence of God. Psalm 27, 5, 31, 20, 32, 7. This concept of being and dwelling in the secret place means simply you're in the presence of God. So let's think about that for a moment. What is it that abides in the presence of God? We think about the language that is found over in Psalm 15, thinking about dwelling in the presence of God. I want to think about that with you here for just a moment. Again, that is Psalm 15, dwelling with God. It says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? All right, so what is going to be in the dwelling place of God? Or where, or what is going to be in his presence? Verse 2 of Psalm 15, he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. He who does not put out his money as usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. And so those who are doing those things, the psalmist answers it. Who's going to dwell in your presence? Those who do these things. And then think about Luke 15. What, what is in the presence of God as we think about Luke 15? Well, we think about the heart of God, the home of God, the host of God. You have the angels of God who are there. The angels rejoicing when one comes back and returns. And so when you think about the presence of God, you're talking about that which is perfect and right and holy. So on the flip side, what does not abide in the presence of God? And we think about Revelation 21.8, that which is not holy, that which is wicked. All liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. Adulterers. All these different things that are listed there. So that's what's not going to be in God's presence. I can have assurance in knowing if I'm going to be in the presence of God, all that wickedness and all the wrong, it won't be around Him. It's amazing, isn't it? that God actually invites us to dwell with Him. Jesus said, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust are not corrupt, and thieves do not break in and steal, but you lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth, but in heaven. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You can lay your treasure up where God dwells. Isn't that incredible? Think about John 15, 1-10, when Jesus says, I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. And those disciples who keep on doing what he says, that's the branches. And they're producing the kind of fruit that God desires. That's verse 8. There's the presence. And Jesus, over and over in that, in that illustration, he says, you abide in me. You keep on abiding in me as the vine, and you'll keep being productive, and you'll keep bearing that good fruit to the glory of God. 
God invites us to dwell with him. To seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. The presence of God. In verse 2, notice as he's, he's contemplating and thinking about the presence of God, he talks about the protection from God. He says, the Lord is my refuge. That's the place of protection. We talked about that in Psalm 46. The Lord is my refuge and strength. Very present help in time of trouble. He's my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my shelter from the storm. Isaiah 25, 1-4. He is my God, the source of strength, the mighty God. 2 Samuel 22, 33. In Him will I trust. And why wouldn't I trust in God? He's my refuge and my fortress and my God. Why wouldn't I put my trust in Him? That's where I need to be focusing. That's where my perspective needs to be. Not on what's going on here and now. And not on all the trials and troubles and sorrows that are going on in this life. But to focus on God. And where He dwells. And the real possibility that I have of being with Him forever because of what Jesus did for me and the redemptive work on the cross. And if I will simply meet those conditions and live for God, then I can live with Him forever. The presence of God. Number two, let's consider the deliverance. The deliverance that God offers, verses 3 through 4. We think about what is other passages that remind us of how God can deliver us, even in the, the deepest and darkest storms that we may face. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 5, Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. That language, deliver yourself. You know, there's a part of that in which you have to go and do that. But there are times when you can't deliver yourself. You can't do it on your own. So what do you need to do? You need to look to the one who can deliver. I love 2 Corinthians 1.10, one of my favorite passages. God who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that He will still deliver us. There you have past, present, and future deliverance that God can provide. He delivered us. He does deliver us. We trust that He will still deliver us. So there again, there are times when you can deliver yourself. You can get out of a situation. There are other times that you just feel so bogged down with life, and, and perhaps you're just innocent in the entire thing. Maybe it's you go to the doctor and you hear this news, and it completely alters and changes your life and your future. You have no control over that. You can't deliver yourself from that. You can't deliver yourself from, you know, something that may happen to you, but you can trust in God to deliver you. If not in this life, certainly in the next, and deliver your soul. He can deliver us. And that gives us reason to have hope in Him and trust in Him when we're in the storm. We've noticed the presence of God, the deliverance that God offers. But then number three, let's think about the confidence. Confidence that you and I can have in God as we weather the storm. In verses 5 through 8, the psalmist here says, You shall not be afraid. But the Waycaster said, No matter what time of day or in what form the danger might arise, the one who abides in the presence of God will not fear. So if I'm abiding in God's presence, I have no reason to be afraid. Right now we're going through a transition with Jackson. He's, he's six years old. He'll be seven in September, Lord willing. But he's having a hard time at night sleeping by himself. 
He gets scared very easily, and he wants to, you know, have the TV on, the light on, and if something were to happen and it flickers or, oh, he just, he loses it. So for the past several nights, I go in there and lay with him until he falls asleep, and a lot of times I just go ahead and fall asleep myself. But I think about this with with having confidence. You know, in Jackson's mind, I'm laying there right with him, and I tell him, hey, everything's fine, I'm right here. And then I see him sleep, and I see the confidence that he has in laying his head down knowing, hey, Daddy's with me. I'm fine. I'm good. You know, you and I, as, as, as children of God, we look to our Heavenly Father. We need to have that same confidence when we lay our head down at night. We need to have that same confidence when we walk through the, our daily lives. We need to have that confidence when we find ourselves in the storm. That our God is able to deliver us. Therefore, we shall not be afraid. I love Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And also remember the words in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We can have confidence in God as we abide in His presence. Number four, and finally, let's consider the consequence, verses 9 through 16. Here the psalmist made the deliberate choice to abide in God. I'm going to abide in the presence of my God. Think about Proverbs 12, 21. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Of course, there are stipulations to this, meaning no grave trouble will overtake the righteous. There are people who live righteous lives who have grave trouble. Think about Job. (laughs) You know, Job was a righteous man. He was upright, feared God, shunned evil, and yet he suffered immensely. So again, we understand the language here. You stay in true to God and you stay right with God. The consequence is that you will have safety. You'll have the abiding presence of God with you. It doesn't mean that you're immune from the storms. Again, that's the, the emphasis of this podcast. We understand, as as those of us who are striving to do what God would have us to do, that we still face trials. We still have physical problems. We still have, you know, emotional setbacks and all kinds of things like that. It doesn't mean we're immune from it. What it means is when you make the choice to abide in God and you choose, I'm going to live for God, then your life will be better. That doesn't mean that the next day you're going to have you know, a million dollars dropping in your bank account doesn't mean that you're going to have some kind of, you know, health that you're going to, you know, live another 150 years, anything like that. No, this is not the health and wealth gospel that's being uh, sadly proclaimed throughout the world today. You're going to struggle. You're going to have difficult times, but you're going to have God with you. And that's what makes the difference. The psalmist then makes this choice to abide in God. When you think about verses 11 and 12, we may have some messianic tones here because Satan quoted from this, you may recall. When when he was tempting Jesus in the wilderness, Matthew 4, 5 through 7, you know, go ahead and jump off. You know, the angels will hold you up so you don't dash your foot against a stone. What happened was Satan misused and misapplied this verse to Christ. He took it out of its context. And the danger then is knowing what the Bible says but then using passages in the wrong way. Think about 2 Peter 3.16, for example. 
Peter speaks of those who twist the scriptures to their own destruction. Well, the same thing happens today. But Jesus knew that Psalm 91 was not a guarantee of a trouble-free life. Did Jesus live a trouble-free life? No. Are any of his disciples going to live a trouble-free life? No. The consequence then is when you go to God and trust in him, you can have confidence and you can have peace. Even when those trials do come, that's the whole point. That's the whole emphasis behind this section. In verses 14 through 16, we have God himself speaking. Maybe you didn't catch that when we read through it the first time. Maybe you did. But think of how comforting this is that this psalm ends with God doing the talking. Blessings come as a consequence of faithful obedience. First, there's deliverance from trouble. He says, I will deliver him. Second, you can be exalted by God. I will set him on high. Third, there's the privilege of prayer. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. Fourth, there is long life. With long life, I will satisfy him. And fifth, there is salvation. I will show him my salvation. Brother Mike Hickson was speaking one time and he said that the Christian life is the best life because it is the blessed life. And I think about John 10.10. Jesus said, I've come, they might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, as Christians, it is the best life to live. No, we're not immune from trials. And no, we're not immune from what everybody else in the world faces. But think of what we do have as Christians. We have the abiding presence of God with us. We're in fellowship with Almighty God. We have the comfort of knowing that He loves us and cares for us. We can go to Him in prayer that He is able to deliver us from trials. We have our our brothers and sisters in Christ who are there for us, who are praying for us, who are helping to encourage us and, and help us to move through it and get on with our lives as we have to face trials. See, people in the world don't have that, and that's so very sad, which is how we as Christians need to go out and evangelize to go out and promote the fact that, hey, this is the life you want to live. Jesus offers you something far greater than this world could ever attempt to offer you. We need to remember that there is safety in the abiding presence of God, even in the midst of the storm. I want to close our episode today with a poem that I found. This was written by Mary Waycaster. This is the mother of Brother Tom, who was my teacher Uh, at MSLP on the book of Psalms, and she wrote a poem entitled Healing Wings, and it's from this psalm, and it's very, very powerful and beautiful. And as we close with this, we'll, we'll use this as our application. Again, trusting in God, abiding in His presence as we strive to weather the storm. Let's read this together, and this episode will be yours. A fascinating expression of David the king in his songs was quoted in the shadow of God's wing. But when David was afraid, it was then he wanted to hide within the covert of God's wing, in God's depth, to abide. Christ spread his wing to o'ershadow all those who obey, where his love and mercy could protect day by day. In the shadow of his wing we stand beneath his care, under his close and watchful eye to be protected there. And by trust in his promises, when in fear we seek to hide within the covert of his wing, it is in his depths we abide.
May we all go forth and abide in the great presence of God. Trust in Him. Keep on doing His will. And trust that He will be there for you and help you to weather the storm. I thank you so much for listening today. I hope that our thoughts from Psalm 91 will help you as you strive to navigate through this thing called life. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.